Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the 61 IndieCast. Mike here, along with my friend Harry. Hello. Hi, Harry. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited that I can hear the pitter-patter of rain behind me. Ooh, a little pitter-patter for an evening of, of Fridays. Yes, it is an evening of Fridays. <laughs> an evening of Fridays. <laughs> uh, I'm in a mood tonight. Uh, yes, I'm on my, like... 18th cup of water because it's just one of those days i think this is my second or third cup of water which mm. not great i think that's why i'm have, i'm in a mood yeah let the moon run wild yeah uh harry quick question that nes behind you is that still in box did you build it oh no i haven't done that yet okay <laughs> i uh, mean to ask you that for a long time no i have that plus the poe dameron lego Plus uh, an Infinity Gauntlet, plus like two other things. I'm just like, mm. once I am mentally excited, like, not mentally excited, but <laughs> once I have enough mental grit to be like, yeah, I'm going to start this. There's same thing with like four other Lego things. Like, yeah, I, I buy saw- and then I stare. <laughs> I saw this from yeah. uh, Kelsey got me it for her birthday. Oh, very I cute. have not touched it yet. Yeah, like I have uh, also the long neck on oh, I yeah. want to buy mode. Same thing with the sure. R2-D2 thing. That's $200. And like, I want to buy mode, but not buy because I have way too many other things to do. Yeah. I got to build the Stormtrooper helmet. The Yeah. I went to the mall to the Lego store to see if they had the, the long neck. Long neck or tall neck? Tall neck. Tall neck. Long neck is giraffes. Never mind. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Killed it. <laughs> but they were sold out. Um, so I, I did not, but it's a, it's okay because I need to build this fucking thing first. Kelsey yeah. keeps shaming when I bought the Sonic thing and built that first. Uh, Kelsey shamed me a bit. I felt kind of bad. Well, now I'm, I feel like I'm getting into this bad habit again of buying stuff that I want to get, but then yeah. not actually doing the thing. Yeah. So I stopped doing that with video games and now I've transitioned into this Legos. I'm like, I want to buy all I mean, these sets, dude. Even tonight, like I was. I gave myself a little potpourri of video game playing tonight. I, I didn't really know what, what I wanted to play. I jumped into a little Princess Farmer, mm-hmm. which is it's a great little puzzle game. I jumped into Grapple Dog finally. I played the first like level or two of that. Super great little platformer. Nice. Um, played Slipstream, which is a really cool like Outrun inspired racing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool, but like nothing was sticking. And then I yeah. saw on my on PSN that uh, Shattered Tale of Forgotten King finally came to console, and I was like, fuck. I really want to play this, but I know I shouldn't. <laughs> I know I should yeah. not spend another $30 on, on a video game. My new thing with at least games is when I want to buy it, I just put it on my wish list. Of like, That's right. Ah, like this feels good. <laughs> at least it's like secure in a sense. Yeah. So then when it goes on a $1 sale, like, well, now I have to buy it. Otherwise, it'd be unfrugal of me to do that. Yeah. Well. We're going to talk about video games tonight because the Going Rogue event and Ludo Naricon is happening. But first, let me remind you that here on the 6-1 IndieCast, we chat about all the rad happenings around the indie gaming scene. You catch this podcast live as we record it on twitch.tv slash 6-1 Indie every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you can't make it, that's okay because it hits all major podcast feeds the following Monday morning. If you want it pretty much right after we record it, you could go over to patreon.com slash 61indie uh, to show some support. You get the exclusive pre-show and the post-show. Not going to lie, the pre-show this this time around, a little messy. We'll make Man. it up in the post-show. <laughs> we'll make it up in the post-show. Uh, plus, you gain some other exclusive goodies, such as two bonus podcasts, including the brand new Pigeons After Dark, new episode up right now. Uh, more importantly, you'd be supporting a small DIY company with huge ambitions. Short Ooh. on cash, that's okay. You could also show your support by leaving a review, following us on socials at 61indie, giving our work on 61indie.com a read, and telling your friends all about us. Showing some love to them pigeon pigeon producers. Jesus. Uh, Joe Wilson, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Aaron Sini, hopefully awesome, Eric Scherer, Casey Cat, and Alec Bobko. Thank you so much for supporting us in May. I love you all dearly. Uh, It's been an overwhelming week uh, with a lot of love this week. I love you all. Uh, Hey, we have sponsors this week. Creative Market and The Good Sir showing the sponsor love for this week. But we'll tell you more about that later. I want to kick off 
the show on a serious note. Uh, Sarah Squid 69 asked a question in the Discord channel, which you can join over on 60indie.com. She, she writes in, a, pa- a PAX East enforcer has passed away due, due to COVID-19, which they caught during PAX. It's tragic and something that shouldn't have happened. Personally, in-person events are, aren't worth someone's life. No one should have to die so people can hang out and talk about video games. PAX is supposed to be a super fun event, and I don't think we as a society are ready for the return of PAX if people are going to die while volunteering for the event. It's a bit of a downer, but I have to ask, how can con organizers do better to protect not just their volunteers, but attendees as well? How come we don't have super strict restrictions uh, on who can attend these events, and what can we do as a normal person uh, to do to help prevent awful shit like this? Uh, Yeah, so what Sarah is referring to is Dawn Wood... um, passed uh after contracting packs on saturday of the events um and it's fucking awful um yeah i mean harry you and i obviously were both at packs um we so what was that was that saturday night that we got the word that there was exposures there there was like a positive case uh specifically at one of the booths they mentioned that one person I don't remember these specifics, but they they very quickly posted on social that if you attended these specific events, you may have been exposed. So be sure to get tested uh, because one of the people who went to the conference the day before tested positive that day or that night. That night, I think. Um, But the weird thing that I'm still not totally understanding from PAX is they haven't made a comment about anything related to tests. That made it related nope. about any exposures. Um, yeah, so, the so only- that's the weird thing that I'm confused by in terms of they're in charge of packs and they haven't said anything. So that's been a yeah, little weird. It's definitely weird. The only statement they put out, because uh, Kotaku had kind of like the, the lead on the story uh, in regards to uh, Dawn. Um, they put out a statement saying Dawn was a beloved member of the Enforcer community who first joined us in 2014 and over the years enforced in both the Expo Hall, supporting the exhibitors and attendees of the show, and in Enforcer Land, a department solely dedicated to supporting other enforcers. She was a warm and welcome presence uh, and someone who always took the time to help others. She loved packs and gaming. She was a ferocious leader. Uh, and she loved baking, crafting, and sharing her creations with others. Our community is devastated by her loss, and she will sh- surely be missed. A beautiful statement, sure, that that doesn't say anything in terms of like, hey, what we're going to do to do better. Like, okay, PAX West is in a few months at this point. What are you going to do oh, wow. to prevent this again? Uh, well, you know? I think the good things they did was that you had to be masked and you had to be vaxxed. So, like, those were yeah, two non The two positive things, yes. Um, the only thing I can think of to better do this is to either offer rapid tests Uh at will to kind of immediately gauge if someone's positive or not. Um, And like, that's, I I, I mean, I'm a CDC person. Of course. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, like I don't know how much more there can be done as a holistic thing. Cause I, like I've been to several other conferences, not related to packs for either my job or other nerdy stuff. And, PAX has the best policy I've seen so far where yeah. you mask, you had to be vaccinated. And now, um, in the earlier times, and I mean earlier, like September, right? it was either you had to test negative or have a COVID vaccination. Now it's not one or the other. Maybe in the future they could do both. Like I said, with the, the rapid tests, those seem to be easier to get now as compared to like December. Yeah. So I think that can definitely help. So even if you're asymptomatic, you know you're positive, so then you know you get turned away and need to quarantine for everyone's safety, kind of thing. But like this is one of those difficult things where we have to figure out how we can do better. But I don't know the total answer for that yet. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say what the answer is. You know, we're still trying to navigate this new world that we live in. You know, obviously COVID ain't going away anytime soon. Like I think I keep saying to like whenever like me and Kelsey talk about it or whatever, like this is just the new flu. We're going to have to get boosters every six months. It is what it is. Um, I think a big thing is a big unfortunate thing is the mask mandates for travel were lifted right before PAX. 
um, which I still think is ridiculous and stupid. Yeah, it's one of those. You, you, we all agree that close contact is a bad thing without masks. And then they're like, you know what? What's the best thing to do? Not wear a mask while you're, or not be required to wear a mask while you're on top of each other. Yeah. So I, it's, just, I, it's very Like, I don't know what, like, CDC, what are you doing? Um, I know. I, I think that's the biggest issue as a whole. And I think it's just going to cause more spiking soon, especially as we're getting into the summer months of like people going to get togethers, hanging out, going to concerts, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think we need to put the mandate back in. Um, but yeah, as far as like PAX as an organization, yeah, obviously like, no, it's absolutely not fucking worth somebody's life. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as our experience, it seemed like PAX did all the right stuff, but yeah, the, the one, like the one fix I would say is, yeah, I agree with Harry offer rapid tests and maybe like, yeah, you have to, every day you have to prove yeah. your negative, like show a negative test. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah, it's gonna clog up lines and all that kind of stuff. But hey, fucking, if you have to wait in line for another half hour to save a life, yeah, yeah, and I don't even think it's gonna be that long. If it takes fifteen minutes, they could do it in like clumps and be like, okay, just like what we did with lines that moved rapidly. Now you're in a queue just to make sure you're good to go, and then you can continue moving. Yeah, like, I, exactly. I don't see it being a huge time thing, especially since PAX and like New York Comic Con and other conferences are, are really good at organizing tens of thousands of people at once. Yeah. Um, and also, um, if there is a GoFundMe for yes. um, uh, Dawn. So if you guys want to check that out, it's in the Kotaku article, uh, and it's called In Love and Memory of Dawn D. Star Wood. And it already yeah, has 16,000. Um, so That's incredible. I'll, uh, I'll drop the link in the podcast description. Cool. Yeah, fucking sucks. Um, hopefully, we can do better. Um. Yeah, because obviously, like I said, this ain't going away anytime soon. And, you know, summer slash holidays are just going to cause another spike. And, yep, it's all it's all shitty. Yeah. Um, Hard pivot, but whatever. Um, <laughs> geez. Um, Transition. I know. It's hard. <laughs> uh, After Love EP uh, received an update. Um, fellow traveler who's publishing the game and actually they're running Luda Naricon this week. Um, they released a development update for the upcoming After Love EP, which is the next project from the late Muhammad Fami, who also passed away uh, a few months ago at this point. Uh, Muhammad Fami, of course, the the main person behind uh, the main creative force behind Coffee Talk and what comes after and After Love EP being the next what I'm sure uh, is going to be a remarkable experience. Um, so yeah, uh, fellow traveler and Pixelnesia released a video uh, with Sasha Ariana, a narrative designer behind What Comes After and After Love EP. Uh, she is taking on the lead development role, um, very much expressing that they're excited to kind of get Fami's vision out into the world and really um, kind of adapt his vision faithfully uh, as he would want it to be done. Uh, and of course, like goes without saying, they also announced the game has been delayed out of summer 2022. They didn't release a new date for that yet, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm happy to see that they released a statement. This is something Matt and I were discussing during uh, a, a few episodes back before PAX after Fami passed. Um, just kind of seeing what the state of this game was going to be. I almost had the inclination that it was going to be straight up canceled and I wouldn't have been mad about that. Because yeah. I'm sure Fami, like this is Fami's baby, and like the, the how what Fami was saying about this game and how he was expressing like the content and the story of this game, it felt very personal to him. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they just straight up called it, and I would have respected the hell out of that. Um, but yeah, no, it's nice that like Fami will be able to live on through one more project, especially one that seemed so personal to him. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, hope, I, I hope that they do it justice as best that they can envision what he would have done to finish it up. So. Yeah, I'm excited. It genuinely looks fantastic. Um, but yeah, obviously, Pixelnesia, take your time, please. There's there's no rush. Well, cool. Harry, let's, uh, let's get the juices a little more positive. We played a bunch of cool games. We, we previewed a bunch of cool things for Going Rogue and Lunar Naricon. Let's talk a little bit about that. 
Harry, yeah. I want to I want to hear about one specific game first. Sure. It's something I've been excited about for a very long time. I haven't played it myself yet. I haven't downloaded it. Queer man peering into a rock pool. <laughs> JPEG. Yeah. So queer man piercing into a rock pool. JPEG from uh, Fuzzy Ghost. So at first, the name itself is absolutely insane. So that caught my it. attention. I love it so yeah. much. Um, and it's pretty much the premise is you play as like this flamboyantly gay man who has really long legs. He sashays instead of runs, but his sashaying is like power walking. Yeah. So I guess it's even more sashaying. Um, and you don't really understand what's happening. I don't really understand what's happening in this game either. Where you kind of just walk around and you find like these fabulous looking clumps, which end up being called sea foams. Um, you collect a few and then you magically find like a house that seems to be your house, but you don't really know. So there's this ambiguity in this like environment where almost everything's underwater and you're kind of like just trudging your way through sand to kind of figure out where you are. So eventually you get inside the house and then you start tapping away on your mouse, clicking those little sea foams and they turn into stuff. So like one turns into a pear, then one's a duvet, and then like another one's like picture maybe. And you're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this game. I don't even know what's going on. But eventually you go to sleep or you wake up and then you find the computer and the computer has this weird messaging system that you're just kind of emailing random people like, hey, I did this thing. Don't know what this means. I don't know. Maybe I'll figure it out tomorrow night. And it's absolutely bonkers. Um, So you're constantly talking to yourself. And I think you start trying to piece it yourself that you're trying to figure out, all right, like what is happening? Where am I supposed to be? Maybe Daryl will help me. And you kind of figure out maybe Daryl is the lover. But you don't know if it's a bigger allegory or analogy for death or you having a stroke or is this the new universe that you've invented in your mind? So it's one of those weird, like, I want to play this to figure out what the lore is. But at the same time, everything's totally bonkers and in a whimsical way, which (laughs) kind of makes me chuckle. Um, And I'm really excited to explore more of it. It definitely stops at a question mark where you're figuring stuff out and you're like, ooh, maybe something's about to happen. And then you're like, no. It's the end of the demo, which is cool because it's a nice oh, short yeah, 15 course. minute demo. It doesn't overstay and it doesn't under deliver. So it's a nice, nice enough where I'm just like, hmm, what's happening? I want to, I want to know more. Um, especially because the sachet as he's like power walking is funny. Though I will say, even like the movement's really slow. So that's like my biggest oh, sure. like, drawback with it. It's like, okay. Uh, uh, uh. And he also talks in gibberish. So it's like, blah, 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 blah. And luckily, there's subtext, so you know what he's saying. It's like, sure. oh, I wonder who what you are. Oh, you must be really nice. Okay, I'm going to keep walking. And there's, like, nothing there. So you're just like, okay. Like, he, he's missing a few marbles, so hopefully he finds them. Yeah, I think this was initially shown off during maybe Gorilla Collective last year or, it was, or yeah, yeah. one of the mixed showcases. Something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, the presentation, like, right off the bat is, yeah, it seems like a th- game that's not trying to take itself too seriously. But I love that you're saying that there seems to be some sort of like underlying thing yeah, to kind of like drive it forward. And it's not spooky. It's not like unsettling. There's very clearly a very specific story that they want to tell. Oh, sure. It's not like it's a big exploration thing unless it opens up after this demo. But it was very like, go here, click a few things, find sure. these weird foam things, go back to the house, figure out what they are. Um, because there's also like little hints of like, instead of text, it'll show like WG4 underscore underscore dot MP4. And then you're like, okay, what, what, what the hell was that? So maybe he's trapped in a digital environment, kind of like the Matrix, or there's some sort of like subtext or overarching underscore that is going to reveal itself like in previous games from last year. That I don't want to spoil because of me sure. acknowledging any game will be a spoiler. Note, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to play it. Um, especially the presentation of it all is very appealing. It's very uh, vaporwave, <laughs> sort yeah. of, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm super into. Yeah, and uh, I think it is currently loosely slated for July of this year. 
So oh, cool. Only a couple months away, assuming they, yeah. they meet that. And if they don't, no big deal. I'm like, there's not yeah, like, no biggie. There's no, there's already a bajillion games. So having one delayed a couple of weeks or months is not the end. It's totally fine. Excited. Yeah. Like this is definitely, this is a very, it, to me, especially the color scheme plus the vibe seems like a very nice summer game for a few hours. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to play it. Uh, I want to talk about a game that we both played. Card Shark. Mm. Yes, I, I'm Harry. curious what your thoughts are. Did you love this as much as I did? I did not. Oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so you go first before I do that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so Card Shark, um, what is it? It's not French. Was it like a Revolutionary War kind of? No, not. It's, it's a 1700s. In 1700s. France. Okay, it, it takes place 1700s in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely saying, telling a narrative about that time period. Um, you are living through uh, you're experiencing this story through a very poor person and you kind of stumble into this world of uh, cheating and like in terms of like card playing and stuff and gambling and whatnot. So you get kind of corralled into this like little like carnival community. That's just all these like fucking scoundrels uh, yeah. just wanting to cheat people and just for, for pure profit. So um, the gameplay is, yeah, you go into scenarios where you are either um, like, yeah, you you pick a mark and uh, yeah, you're just cheating them in card games uh, for for profit to to win uh, to get all the money. Um, what I love about this, the actual gameplay uh, is something I've heard from some of the developers, uh, Nereal, is that all of the cheating techniques are actual real techniques that people use, which I think is very impressive. And it's kind of wild how thorough a lot of the tutorials are to really teach you how to do this stuff in real life, which is really funny um, and interesting and possibly troublesome, but Hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll cross that road when we get there. If morality is a spectrum. Yeah, it's fine. Um, But no, what I loved about it is how I was just completely enthralled and engaged in like cheating people and trying to remember all the systems. Like I tried my best to not use the hint system that they had in place, which Thank God they have a hint system in place to remind you certain mechanics because it's like, for example, like one of the things or one of the signals you had to remember was um, like placement of like your hand. So like if your hand was way up top and you dropped the card, that meant that was signaling to your partner that you had an ace. If you were holding back, that was signaling that the other person had a jack, putting it forward, king, placing it down gently, queen. Um so I tried my best just to remember all that in my mind. And as somebody, I think it was the good sir resonator in chat was like, okay, this is a notebook game. I was like, Oh yeah, it's a notebook oh, game. Yeah. Um, but again, I appreciate that there was like a hint system to, re- to help remind you and get you through the, uh, the experience without any frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that there was kind of like an active, uh, a not battle system, but like an active system. Inter- uh, it kind of reminded me of child of light where there was a meter on the bottom that kind of gauged, the marks frustration and um and suspicion so you could keep pushing it like kind of to the limits until uh yeah if it, if it reaches a certain point the mark will get suspicious and catch you and it'll you know throw you into a fail state or maybe have other narrative implications i haven't i haven't failed because i'm a good cheater mm-hmm. um but yeah i really really loved it i i loved it more than i thought i was like i thought this was this was always a game that i was interested in um but I had a feeling it wasn't going to hit for me, but I'm surprised how hard it hit for me in just the the tutorial. And I think I did. I didn't play the full demo. I just did one of the actual quests, I think. Okay, nice. Yeah. So I'm the opposite where I was super <laughs> jazzed about this game and I think I'm kind of over it after playing the demo. Yeah. So the thing I did like was the, the idea of the premise in the 1700 France and your protagonist who has seizures, so he can't talk. So now oh, yeah. there's a story element on why you have a mute character. At, like It's not just, oh, you just, huh, or, hmm, or, hmm. But there's actual reason behind it. I thought, I thought that was cool. The whole story, I love. Sure. But all the puzzles or the card sheets just seems like quick time events. And it just I just got so bored of it after the third one. I was like, okay, like... There's X amount of tricks. I've done four. I, I'm kind of over this. <laughs> so, like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm in a bad mood when I played it two hours ago. But I'm kind of, hmm, 
but you're raving about it, so maybe I'll keep it on the back burner, but I, I kind of chilled out on it because, like, a lot of it's just, you're just moving up and down, left to right, or clicking the um yeah it's very much indicators it's very like much maybe an adventure game like a point yeah, and click so adventure sort of i think i'm more curious on whether there's gonna be branching story paths or like what are you doing with all the money is it just you get a big number yeah. you just keep pushing on that's it or can you kind of customize or can you um get into areas you wouldn't be able to because you're making so much money or you're so bad that you end up being a really horrible human or what but it just didn't hit as much as i was hoping for sure but you know it's still there's no release date so maybe they'll offer more information or give a different demo or you know maybe i'll try the demo again and see if i can find a different angle to get engaged with yeah yeah i think this is gonna be very much a hit or miss kind of thing for folks um kind of like trick to yomi hmm. trick to yomi huh um did you play um, Reigns, their other game, like their other massive hit? I have not, but it's on my eventually playlist. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's another thing that, like, I've never played it myself, but I know people absolutely adore it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I kind of, you know, with this little peak, I'd imagine that I, th- every time you learned a new trick, it was kind of like uh, you unlocked a skill. And I think it was like like 70 something cheats, I think you could unlock. So, I'd imagine like the systems later on are, it's like, Go, like as you progress more into the story it's gonna get way more complex and just like really branch out and like yeah, yeah like you were saying it'll be really cool to see if like there are narrative implications uh tied to that which is and think, there's difficulty options so i and think difficulty that was, options yeah that was a, a relief because i'm like if i get one shot and i lose i'm gonna get so frustrated but luckily right i tried it on the regular level and then i tried it on the super easy and it's very forgiving so yeah i might just want to push through the quick time events and kind of see what the story has because like you said it's uh, it's he the main character kind of just falls into the underbelly of yeah society and is he going to rise to the occasion or be the king of the underworld kind of thing so i'm definitely curious about the story very pretty also i love oh, yeah. the kind of storybook look to it yeah i mean storybook which is kind of from the 1700s like i, yeah. I love how everything kind of layers into each other Plus the score is very medievalish. Score is very so, good. Yeah, not medievalish, but like whatever seventeen hundreds word vocab is. Post post medieval. Yeah. Pre revolutionary. Pre revolutionary. Post medieval. Sure. Afghan. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harry, before I tell you about what I'm sure is going to be my game of the year for 2023, ooh, let me tell you about our sponsors first up creative market creative market is an online marketplace for community generated design assets uh, offering graphics wordpress themes stock photography and fonts uh here at six one indie i genuinely use creative market for every single piece of content that requires art uh the community driven library is super incredible every thumbnail video overlay even our logo all uses fonts and assets from creative market so creators uh you know, avoid any headaches, you know, securing a font license is the right way to do this. So yeah, avoid those headaches, make your content stand out from the crowd, visit bit.ly slash 61 market to help your next creative project shine. That's bit.ly slash S I X O N E market. Or if you're here in chat, command, create, get that link. We also are sponsored this month by the good sir. He generously sponsored 61 to highlight two organizations that are near and dear to his heart, PFLAG and the Trevor Project. Uh, PFLAG Chapter Network uh, has over 400 chapters across the country. They provide confidential peer support, education, advocacy for the LGBTQ plus uh, community, their parents, their families and allies alike. Uh, and of course, the Trevor Project helps those in crisis among the LGBTQ plus community and strives to create a safe community across the globe. On top of all the fantastic work that they're doing 24 seven, they're also pushing massive support for the transgender and non-binary youth of Texas. Cause Texas is a living hell at the moment. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the entire country is a living hell at the moment. So Preach. consider showing support for these two outstanding organizations, both at pflag.org and the trevorproject.org. So go please check those amazing people out. Harry. That's me. 
Nine Souls from Red Candle. Tell me about it. Oh my goodness. Ooh. So uh, Red Candle, uh, Chinese developer, uh, they put out uh, Devotion uh, a few years back, and I forgot what the other game was, but it got uh, banned uh, because of... Uh, it was making fun of uh, the president of China. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Kind> no. of. <laughs> it had Winnie the Pooh things in it. Um, oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Actually, can you do a quick Google search for me? Is Red Candle Taiwanese or Chinese? Just please, please correct me on that. Um, but Nine Souls, their next follow-up. Uh, it is a 2D hand-drawn, utterly gorgeous uh, Sekiro-like. Kind of Souls-like Sekiro-like. You play as a little cat boy uh, in this kind of like what looks like feudal error, um, like Asian feudal error opens up by, uh, it opens up brutally. Like you get slashed open and like your guts are hanging out and all this crazy <gasps> stuff. Like the, like darkness consumes you, but then this little boy finds you. And then all of a sudden this little boy is calling you his brother. It's very weird. Uh, but you get to, uh, kind of go through this village and there's a ceremony going on, uh, that like they need to offer a tribute for the gods. Because, because for whatever reason, for protection or reasons, for reasons. Uh, so as you're progressing and getting to know some of these people, uh, you eventually get to the ceremony. Um, and right before the ceremony, uh, this kind of like futuristic robot kind of thing, like pings you like you get like a cell phone, like kind of call saying like, hey, you need to make your move. You got to do this. And you don't really know what the hell is going on. Uh, when the ceremony is happening, you quickly find out that there's this like robotic machine thing that kind of captures not captures but like the the people that are being tribute they go under this thing and it's like a fishbowl goes on top of their head and the fishbowl grabs them spins them around and just like crushes their heads oh my god and their bodies drop into like the ground somewhere is this a horror game what is that no it's not (laughs) i mean it has it definitely has like horror elements it's Uh freaking insane um and then your your little brother, your quote unquote little brother, is next up, and uh, you of course like you you interrupt the ceremony and you break into where the bodies are falling, and all of a sudden it's like this cyberpunky like dungeon going on, and I think it seems like it's very soulsy in the sense that like you pick up uh, items that have lore attached to it, and there's definitely lore that was stating something like calling humans ape men or ape man. And it seems like they're trying to study the humans in a way and like doing experiments Uh, in the background of the dungeons. You see like the headless bodies like floating around in like tubes and they're just trying to do experiments and stuff. Eventually you see like they're cutting limbs off of, of the bodies. And anyways, the lore wise, super intriguing. I can't wait to see more, but gameplay wise. um, Yeah. It's very inspired by Sekiro in the sense that it has, it's doing like the parry system. It's, It's not doing the stagger of Sekiro, but it has like, when somebody attacks you, hit left trigger, you parry, and then it gives you a window to open up attacks. Um, something I love about the system in Nine Souls is that the parry system is very forgiving. Uh, I love when uh, I was streaming it yesterday, and you, by the time you're listening to this, if you go on youtube.com slash 61indie, you can see my gameplay of it. Um, I love when games give you a visual cue for parrying. So flashes you hit the trigger and then you're in if you do a perfect parry you don't lose any health or anything you just go in you get the window you get attack if you kind of miss like the perfect window you'll get a little bit of damage but then it does the bloodborne system of attacking regains your health which i really like it just really promotes attack heavy play um another really cool system on the i think right bumper or right trigger there's like a special attack where like it slashes through the enemies i think it was called like talismans or something um slashes through the enemies and marks them if you hold the right trigger it like causes like an explosion uh for each character or for each enemy really freaking cool um and yeah the sorry go for it no no, you go you go yeah Uh, yeah that all kind of culminates into like a really epic boss fight and even the boss fight was super engaging and really tight the combat just felt fantastic it looked beautiful all the character designs the enemy designs and the lore uh behind it that they were teasing all has me incredibly intrigued i cannot wait to play more of this game i i think that's why we were talking earlier like a couple of things that like weren't really sticking with me i think it's because i can't stop thinking about nine souls and i like all i want to do is play nine souls similar to last hero of nostalgia like those are the two games i the only things i want to play right now Mm -hmm. um but yeah 
freaking fantastic. I cannot wait to play. Uh, they currently have a crowdfunding campaign up on their website. I think it's just uh, if you type in nine Google Nine Souls crowdfunding, mm-hmm. it brings you to their website. I want to crowdfund the hundred dollar version. I want the statue of the little cat man. Yeah, I was, I'm looking at it now, uh, and they are in, in Taipei. Taipei, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, shop.redcandlegames.com, and it looks freaking amazing. Uh, it is gorgeous, dude. Something so obviously like it's very like. Like I said, like very inspired by like feudal Asian art and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, very like painterly, but the animations are just like they really shine in the idle animations. Like when the character is just standing there and just like kind of like bobbing a little bit and just like not staying totally still. Like they're actually feels like like the characters have life to them. Yeah. It, which is really impressive. Um, and, and like if you know anything about devotion, what a departure from what the studio has done before. It's like seriously so impressive. I, I, yeah, I cannot wait to play more of this. Yeah. And I'm looking at the video now. It, it, I like the description you said about the Sekiro, but I think it's important to know that this is a 2d, like yeah. almost platformer. Where yeah. It's like it 2d Metrovania E. Yeah. Like it reminds me of uh, hollow Knight. Yeah. Absolutely. Very hollow Knight. Like, a little bit floofy. You're kind of like jumping from place to place. So, uh, but yeah, oh my god, I'm definitely playing this demo later. Well, yeah, tomorrow. please do. So I wrote it down. So it's on my to playlist. Yeah, uh, if you are curious, if you don't have a PC or anything, if you go on youtubecom one indie our let's try of Nine Souls, I play through the uh, the entire demo. You can go check that out. Very nice. Uh, yeah, because Harry, you're you're becoming a Souls person, you know. Uh, yeah, apparently from uh, Nostalgia <laughs> or whatever, Nostalgia. Yeah, I worth noting also it, ha- it does the soulsy thing of like yeah there's there's bonfires and you're collecting some form of currency to like level up and upgrade and all that kind of stuff uh oh the other one thing i want to touch on with the parry system and how it's forgiving with i think your defensive upgrade it um gives you a more forgiving window for nice. perfect parrying which is great like i feel like games don't really do that it's just like one parry system or like one parry window and that's it you can't really improve it i love mm-hmm. that you can actually improve it in this game it's super oh, great it makes it way more forgiving yeah because timing can sometimes be really yeah it could be messy so yeah nine souls red candle love it give it a check give it a look uh harry you played one of the games that we showed off during the mini indie showcase i wonder which one arctic awakening yeah, so Arctic Waking by uh, Goldfire Studios. It pretty uh, the demo is the beginning of the game where it tells you that we're in a futuristic uh, April of 2062, so we're 40 years in the future, um, and you're flying an airplane. You have a buddy behind you who is also airplane guy. You guys tr- um, transporting some cargo, but you also have this hovering spherical robot who is uh, programmed to help you do stuff. Shenanigans happen for reasons <laughs> sure. um, where the plane somehow like gets uh, cut in half almost. The back part's missing. You're crashing. The guy from behind jumps out for safety, and then you crash into the snow blizzardy environment. So while you're trying to figure out what happened in what's happening in the area and what caused the crash. You kind of explore a little bit and you eventually start getting some chats with the robot. Um, There's some choices in conversations, which I'm not sure will have any significant impact other than like crafting the character that you want. So whether you're snippy to the robot, whether you're kind to the robot, whether you're totally mute to the robot. Um, But what I really enjoyed about the demo is the visual which is pretty much almost like ooh, fire something firewatch firewatch yeah it's yeah. very similar vibe with that where you, you're talking to someone on your phone not phone uh wristwatch which is very i apple well i watch inspired where you're talking it's a, yeah that's exactly what it is Harry, it's like hey bob Harry, do help. or yeah help. like you're doing okay well y'all i'm reckoning we're doing some google stuff um and great, it, great it, interpretation yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm a Kudos. Um, voice actor in disguise. Yeah, McCall SAG gets you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, I'm SAG certified. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
Um, the movement was a little bit slow, kind of like uh, other games I already mentioned. But <laughs> I think you on the slow movement. Yeah, oh my god, you're very well, impatient today. No, but it, it, the other thing is, it loosely guides you on where to go. But if you go the other way, you are slowly walking back to the point, and then slowly walking to the new point. So that's a little bit annoying. Okay, but. They very actively said in the beginning of the demo that this is a very big work in progress. So, like, please provide feedback. That was one of the things I wrote for feedback um, <laughs> because I'm sure they're going to read it and then yeah. um, adapt accordingly. Because even if there was a walk slightly faster option, I would prefer that. Um, but I, I'm into the idea of like the mystery. I'm into the idea of kind of not only is there a, a WTF what's happening with the plane and the robot dude, but like. There's also animals in the environment that can freaking eat you. Oh. Um, and I don't know, like there was a bear situation, um, which is story driven, but I don't know if down the road that's going to be something I need to manage or, okay, if a bear comes, I have to throw fire or whatever and make sure that they don't attack me, but get scared and go eat some other human maybe. But yeah, it, it was a nice little bite of intrigue. I don't want to say too much about it. It's about, sure. I think yeah. it was maybe 25 minutes. Okay. Um, but it's a good appetizer to get excited for the game that eventually comes out in the future. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, slated for 2023 at some point. Hell yeah. I'm excited. Woo. Yeah, it looks um yeah, I mean like the the easy example, every time I every live react for our show that I watched, everybody made the Firewatch comparison. Yeah. And I think it's a very apt comparison. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, it really is. Like you're yeah. you're a person talking to another person who you never see. Um, but you also have a companion that's a robot from the future, like not from yeah. the future, but in the future, in the future, in the present time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's already that, I mean, the similarities are really hard to ignore, but I think oh, it's already course. kind of crafting its own thing where instead of it being a vibrant forest, it's a spooky Arctic area. And yeah. I'm sure it'll only deviate further from there. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just, it's already on my to watch list. Thanks to, uh, the six one. Indie showcase. Yeah. Um, man, Firewatch messed me up real good. Oh, man. That hit me. I mean, the first five minutes, I was like sobbing by myself because I'm like, damn, why are you making me make these choices? Dude, like and then the, the whole thing. Yeah. The ending specifically, like, yeah. I think for, I, I feel like it's a very like niche reason for me, but like, man, it messed me up. It is hashtag sad. It's very sad. Movie in progress, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, the guy from uh, Mad Men who played the guy with glasses, Harry something, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, 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 yes. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I'm, I forgot I'm really bad with actors' names. I can describe No, I don't loosely. know his name either. Yeah, all right. Isn't his name Harry in well, the know. show? I don't Maybe. know. Whatever. I'm, I'm Harry, not, ooh, so. I, I've been. Mad Men's, Mad Men's been on my mind lately. I kind of want to rewatch it. Do it. I, I never, never watched it. the last season. Yeah. Yeah. I, never finished it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it in the high point. Cause I remember there's a lot of division between the last season. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it at how it was in my brain. Yeah. Good old advertising. Yes. Uh, Jake and chat has a question. Ooh. Was the hotline Miami ass game you played the demo for with John wick ass music, Jake, that was OTXO from uh, lateralis and super rare originals. Ooh, transition. What a transition. Thank you for that, Jake. Uh, I mean, Jake's described it perfectly. This game is a uh, stark black and white, uh, very low poly, top down, Hotline Miami like. First off, I am so surprised that we have not gotten more clones of Hotline Miami. <laughs> and well, I'm sure it's very difficult to make. I'm sure it's very difficult to make. Um, I mean, yeah. And Lateralis seems to be doing the damn thing. Uh, these are the folks behind, or this is the person behind dog world, which is, uh, I believe a Metroidvania, another like low color, low bit, um, Metroidvania. Uh, but yeah, their take on hotline Miami, the demo I played, uh, it didn't run too well because uh, full disclosure, my computer, not super great. Um, so my computer with certain games has trouble running games and running streaming at the same time. So it didn't get the, smooth ex experience uh but seemed very early on uh some of the like uh control schemes felt a little not super polished obviously i think it, it's still very early in development but from what i played 
yes, it's literally Hotline Miami. You bust into doors. You are you could see people into other rooms. So you stand outside of a door. You can start strategizing how you're going to move around corners and kind of clip people with guns and just try to survive. Uh, the best thing it has going for it, it's not one hit, one kill, similar to Hotline Miami. So it's a little more forgiving in that sense. Um, the weapon variety is really, really cool. Um, every enemy drops a different gun or a different weapon to help kind of like mix up your strategy a little bit. Um, but yeah, the one level I played super fun, super thrilling. And yeah, as Jake said, the soundtrack, holy hell, just this like banger rock soundtrack that I could not stop shaking my head to. That's great. awesome. It was great. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to play more. I might play it off stream again, just to get a, a smoother experience. Um, but yeah, I'm super impressed with it. I'm excited to, uh, to play more and it, made me really want another hot Miami, but I'm happy that uh Lateralis is doing this in the wake of Devolver refusing to make a, a third hot Miami. Yeah, I've never played any of the Hotline Miami, but everyone raves about them. So I might add this to my I'm gonna download another demo thing because I downloaded 15 already. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still working my way through them. So it's exciting. Uh, Casey in chat says a runer was the last hotline Miami style game. He's seen they've seen uh, made a few years back. I've never played runer. Runer is a game I've owned forever. Um, but yeah, another devolver joint. Maybe I should, I should download runer. Do I always it. heard good things. Do it. Uh, Treat yourself. Harry, I wanted to hear your thoughts on Baladins because Baladins uh, just launched their Kickstarter campaign. I think yesterday. Yeah. So the game by seed by seed. And before I go into details, I freaking love it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I, well, there's caveats, but um, at first off, the art it's style too is, slow. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, this one ten minute demo. I loved it. Oh. Uh, I played it twice <laughs> um, because it, you play radically different. So it is pretty much right. a game that looks like Paper Mario, mm-hmm. where all the characters are two D and they bop around into new locations and but the environments are 3d you play as either a cook a luxomancer a dancer or a pyro which kind of sound insane but you are kind of people who uh it's it's almost like mario meets dungeon and dragons where you're just four Ooh. random people who are just trying to figure poop out or trying to solve everyone's problems uh, through situational events so there'll be a random event where you are about to get robbed so you have to make a decision what to do sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um or a town has an issue where all of a sudden a giant geyser is spewing out water and you have to figure out a clue but you also realize that one of the other characters makes wine so that leads you to think oh maybe they make corks but they don't make corks another place makes corks um so it's really it's also a turn-based adventure where each person, so you can play cooperatively with one to yeah. four players. I played by myself. And then the second time I played twice by myself. So that's a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but you only have three moves and three actions per turn. So you move to three different spots, um, which looks very much like a board game where you have specific circles. So you go one, two, and then I'm in a town. Or one, two, and now I'm at the forest. Um, and then you can go into there and do your actions, whether it's conversing with characters buying stuff, um, communicating with someone. Sorry, my cat's dry. Oh, there he is. He was dry heaving. Sorry. I wasn't sure what was happening. I think he's just like coughing. He's getting very excited Um, about Baladins. Yeah. But um, the thing that surprised me that I didn't realize until the end of my little adventure was... I'm getting like super distracted. Can you hear it? No, I can't. Oh, I just feel like a paranoid freak. Because I, because I, I hear it coming to my left, and he's very clearly to my right. So, like, I don't know if it's the microphone I'm hearing in my earbuds or what. So, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way there's a second cat. Like, I don't know. There's only one. Um. Anyway, I'm insane. Um. But what uh, was really real, real quick question for okay. you? Sure. Uh, do you have the appropriate earbud in the appropriate ear? Like, is the right earbud in your right ear? You know what? I have no idea. Because that's probably why you think it's, there's two cats. I mean, I mean, all of existence with these earbuds, the left has been where the fake speaker is. 
Okay. So I hope I haven't been messing with my mind for <laughs> five years. But who knows? Uh, anyway, Paladins. But yeah, the, the the thing that really struck me as interesting was once I finished the demo, like there, there's a story beat, and it's like, oh no, the dragon is going to rewind you back in time. So this makes me think that, okay, it's, I mean, it's almost impossible to do anything in that first like six turns of you playing the game. So I think you collect information over and over again and then find the optimal way to do stuff. So mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like a roguelite, um, mm. which is my obsession <laughs> the past couple of months. So I'm really excited to dive into the demo again and see if I can do things quicker to see if that will advance the story because there's no way it's going to be a 20-minute game. Sure. Um, especially with the Kickstarter, like I'm going to back it in like two hours. Once we're done <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, like it ha- leaves me with more questions on how can this vary between the characters? Uh, is there deep dynamics between the characters when you play cooperatively? Um, do your choices change the overall outcome? Is there an overall outcome? Will there be branching paths? Will there be branching stories? Um, this might all be answered in the Kickstarter, which I haven't read yet because it's still a work in progress. But they've sure. already made pretty good progress um, just for starting it two days ago. So. Yeah. It's super cute. I'm really excited. The music's adorable. Uh, and I want to play this now. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you reminded me. I forgot to say OTXO has rogue elements. Um, it's yeah. Hollow Miami roguelike. Roguelike. Where you, you, go, you go to a bar and the bartender offers you three different drinks and the three different drinks are different buffs for that run. So yeah, there you go. Next, next you're going to tell me about a card deck building game. <laughs> and I'm just going to swoon <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> And there's soulsy elements to it, huh? Oh! <laughs> All the buzzwords. Give me, give me, give me. <laughs> what did Pax turn you into? <laughs> it turned me into a monster. <laughs> I think it showed, it showed my true identity. I was like, I just really like these games. I think you do. Dude, I would love to see you play. I, I would love to see you try either Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah. Not Elden Ring? I, I think Elden Ring is a step up. I, I think like we first have to see if you would like Dark Souls three or Bloodborne first. Yeah, I mean I do have Bloodborne th- thanks to the power of PlayStation Plus. Wow, which tier of PlayStation Plus did you back to get that? That's oh no, time. I'm only no, keeping no, the basic or essential, whatever that it's called. No. Um, I don't want to get on a soapbox on that, but I think it's absolutely <laughs> insane. Who did? Th- well, we'll save for the post show. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> well, well, let me write that on PS Plus. <laughs> that'll be at the chat. Well, but yeah, uh, overall, super jazzed about this game. I couldn't yeah. believe how adorable it is. I feel like I feel like that art style is starting to be a thing because I know like Demon's well, Turf the, was also two D yeah. with three D environments. There's also um, um uh, I think it's called like Tiny Ghost Adventure or something. Little Ghost, Tiny Ghost. We I follow Tiny Kin from uh, Tiny Kin. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if I just have been under a rock and it's always been around, but. No, maybe. it's been lately. It's been like coming up a lot more. Yeah, so maybe it's new roguelike. Uh, the outbound ghost, the outbound ghost, which might be a Harry game. Also, looks really good. Yeah. Uh, I saw PlayStation posted the trailer today. That's why I remembered Ooh. it. Yeah, too many games, man. Too many games. Uh, they cooked. Harry, I'm gonna let you choose one more game to talk about. I will go to the one on the top of the list. Okay. Wait, wait. Mm. Yeah, let's do the top of the list one. <laughs> sure. So the game that the last game that I'll talk about uh, is Morse by Alho Games. So Morse takes place in 1918 in Western Europe, where you are now uh, calling the shots as the, the lady in charge of the Morse code and directing troops on where to go and what they need to do, which sounds super heavy because it is like that's insane. Um, that she's kind of calling the shots, knowing that not all the people she's communicating with will survive these encounters every time. Um, so that's the grim intro. So that that's how heavy it is. Luckily, it doesn't perseverate on that in terms of deep emotion. But uh, in between, Great pardon. Great word. Oh, thank you. Uh, but in between each, um, I guess level, we'll call them or encounter. Um, you have like light, almost like walking around ability where you can go to different rooms and chat with other people and kind of um, 
see the mental toll it takes on people like that, where they are the people who are essentially safe from the war and just communicating, uh, but also taking part in really heavy stuff where, like I said, it, it impacts the lives of all the troops in Europe. The actual gameplay aside from that is super interesting because it's all done through Morse code and you are literally learning Morse code as you are playing this game. So it puts the game in a grid perspective where um, it's almost like lane-based where it might be two, three, or four lanes like long, but the goal varies from each level. So one level could be to evacuate. So in the lanes, it spells out evacuate or whatever letters that scenario spells out. And on the side, there's a help bar that shows you the Morse code for each of those letters, as well as the numbers for each of the lanes. So you have to click through and be like, okay, I have to evacuate them. So I need to push them along. So I'm going to tap in E, which might be dash dot dot, which I don't remember. Sorry. Um, Or V to put them in that spot, but you need them in lane two. So lane two is dot dot and then three dashes for the number two. So you have to do that put them in two and then kind of walk them along each of those paths. Um, I freaking love this. That's the wild. one thing that, Oh my God, I couldn't believe it because it was so, it's such an interesting game. Like this is a really good educational game too. Like, Oh yeah. Um, so I can't wait for this to come out in full length and, um, and kind of be a duality of Morse code learning as well as like world war one heavy stuff and yeah. a different perspective. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to have a zero death scenario in war. So you, even as fast as you can, you're going to see people on both sides fall. And they bring that up during the gameplay uh, after each ma- after each uh, level. They're like, oh, yeah, casualties weren't that bad. Good work. Or, wow, you, you that, that, those are some bold choices you took. And then we paid the heavy toll. Like, they're not light about throwing the guilt on you and that perseverates on your character where they have like some internal dialogues or the, excuse me, the lunch lady. She's like, Oh, well you want some, your tea or you did, didn't do that great of a job, but here's your coffee. And you're like, damn, <laughs> like, okay, well you do better. Um, <laughs> and it, and it, you, it, even though, you know, it's not a real war, like I'm panicking. I'm like, Oh man, oh, I, yeah. I effed up the, the, the V Morse codes and I got to wait for that to finish. To now try it again, um, and it, it's really cool. The visuals is beautiful. It's almost once again, it's like it's kind of like two D characters again, um, yeah. In that like world stuff with slight three D, but it's mostly a two D grid based game cool. where it's black and white, some red to kind of denote like enemies. That. Yeah, no, I love that visual. That's good. Um, but and it's not gory or graphic or anything. It's it's almost exactly what I mentioned, where it's. You don't realize the impact because you're such a you're so far removed. Um, it also reminds me of Ender's Game, where you, you're playing a game, but it's really like lives of people. Yeah, and it, it definitely struck me. And and that was the first demo I played from Ludo Naricon. So I was like, "Whoo boy, this That's is a good this year is stuff." <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I'm curious how this will go. Whether or not there'll be like emotional damage to Ida, which is the main character, or like. Maybe she'll have a break and then I go play a new character. Like there's, I think there's a lot of cool ways it can go. Um, and right now I haven't gotten bored with the game because literally learning, literally learning Morse code. Which yeah. I, like, I, think I finally understand what the dashes and dots mean. <laughs> like, yeah. I think cool it's kind of the most fascinating thing that like, I love games that like have real world elements or whatever yeah. that like actually teach you like a skill such as cheating and cards, but Morse code is probably a little more useful. <laughs> So like when when all the internet goes away, I'll be like beep 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 yeah. beep beep. Like I'll be like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I'm all about it. And then the music was really good and um, not environmental, time appropriate. Like it felt like a 1910, sure, 1920 music vibe. And yeah, I'm excited for whenever that comes out. I don't remember if they put a date, but I think it may might be just when it's ready. Yeah. Cool. Oh, oh no, that's the demo. I was gonna say it came out. <laughs> now there, there is no timeline, but eventually, so I'm very eventually. excited to play. Cool. Yeah, it sounds great. I might. I'm gonna add that to the list to play. 
do it. Uh, well, yeah, we're running a little long, so I think next week we'll we'll talk a little more about Ludonaricon and going rogue. I know, like personally, I very much want to play the Thymesia demo, which is a game I've been looking forward to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, another showcase game that uh, we were able to debut, Remnants of the Rift, has a demo. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to play that. Yeah, so a couple little more bits, so we'll we'll touch on more on those next week. So. Until then, thank you so much for listening to IndieCast episode 96. Uh, I love and appreciate you all dearly. Uh, remember, go check out patreon.com slash 620 for some extra goodies for that pre-show and post-show that we're about to talk about. Harry's about to get on a soapbox. Very excited. Uh, and of course, 620D.com for all of our other work and pieces and content, all that good stuff. Uh, I've been Mike. That's been Harry. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.